Welcome to Construction Cashflow. I'm your host, Stu Davidson, and if you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. For anybody that's unfortunately currently got a job from hell and is possibly about to go into the situation where they're engaging claims consultants and QSs and claims lawyers, then yeah, it, it, it would be absolutely a, a dream for them to have this information yeah. in this format. It's very, very simple. It operates on people's phones, but just by implementing it, it the, the, the additional benefits to a business are enormous. One of the things that I've been working on with the, the latest tool that I've developed is is capturing exactly what um, has been installed. And as soon as it's done, record it. So what's happened? What's the cause? What's the effect? Payment. If you're going to create this underlying profit, you've got to recover all the monies that are due to you on the contract. In this show, we ask our guests to tell us their story, tell us a little bit about their background, how they got to where they are today, how they develop their product, their services, their ideas. And we discuss how that can affect construction cash flow and other areas of construction. And also to give us an idea of how we might make things better and give you a few tips and ideas to take away with you. And listen to the end where you'll find out more about them, more about our guests, about what motivates them, what inspires them. And hopefully that'll inspire you too. And always don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. In this episode, it's a real pleasure to introduce you to Peter Sell. Peter is one of the most experienced professionals in the industry. He was regional director for Kears for 10 years. He set up the Constructing Excellence Kent Club and was also a judge for the Construction Manager of the Year Award for projects of over 100 million. He's now the chair of the Professional Membership Review Panel for the CIOB and has his own professional management consultancy business. I know you're going to love Peter's story and the work he does still in the industry. There's lots of tips and advice here in this episode that I'm sure you're going to love and also what motivates and inspires him. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to Peter Sell. Hi Peter, how are you today? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks uh, Stuart. Doing well, thank you. It's great to have you on the podcast, real privilege to have you here. I'll, uh, I'll start really by asking you about your story. So tell us about yourself, your story, and how you got to where you are now. Well, it is very, very, very indulgent, isn't it? Being able to talk about <laughs> yourself is, <laughs> I'm most flattered to have been asked. I, I, I suppose it, it, I mean, it, I suppose it goes back to when you leave school, um, you know, these influence how things go in your life. And it's quite strange that, uh, you know, when I was doing my A-levels, I was actually quite interested in computing. But back in those days, it was all punch cards. 
and uh, when the degree courses were coming up as to what you could study i saw the computing and i thought i can't see myself punching cards for the rest of my life so i ended up doing civil engineering um and i chose to uh, go to a, a, a polytechnic that was away from home uh, and i did a did a thick sandwich year as they were called in those days where you did a year in industry which uh, was actually really beneficial because it you know setting out um on the sites you really got under the skin of everything that was really going on and really understood all the problems that the the the, the, the trades had so um I, I i did that for a, a year with rm douglas up in the midlands and then um when i finished uh, my degree i joined uh, french care uh, as it was then um the business was a lot smaller than what it is now um i think it was about 400 engineers um in the business and uh, they they uh, sent me to the isle of man for my first job so i spent the four, first four years of my career working uh, overseas in the isle of man if you call that overseas and then in africa um building uh, building airports which was uh, absolutely fascinating because you were sort of building something really iconic um that was going to help the countries go forward in fact one of the um surveyors that i worked with he, he flew into lesotho on one of these friendship planes you know sort of like a land rover with wings on the top and uh, we built the airport and he actually flew out on a jumbo so uh, wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> some, some, some great days um but after that i came back to the uk i did some work in the design office um because i was heading for doing uh get, getting chartered as a civil but um that as as usual outside influences came along and there was a recession and uh, i ended up moving into working on on buildings um in the southeast so uh uh i i, I started you know all the usual sorts of things uh section manager site manager uh, working my way up to to project manager um and gained my mciob whilst whilst that was going on um and one of those buildings uh, you know i thought was going to be one of these <laughs> iconic statements that was going to be there forever and a day courthouse in haywards heath it was, it was sort of built in the late 80s and that was unfortunately knocked down <laughs> in, um sort of, i think about 2015 so you know these these buildings that you think like the old victorian buildings the, the prestigious civic buildings that you think are going to be there forever and a day um life just keeps moving on but uh being involved with lots and lots of jobs and you know got that great satisfaction of being able to go around and say like a lot of builders do you know i built that i was on that job and so on and so forth i think at um that time um late 80s kier had sort of uh or french kier as it was then um was going through quite a, a evolution um there was the buyouts with beezer and hansen um and uh the chief exec at the time uh colin busby uh eventually engineered the management buyout um he was a he was a fantastic um uh people person and uh he he, he actually uh explained everything that was going on in the business as we went through the management buyout uh and, and i really got a, a a kick out of understanding the business strategy uh, and it ties in really nicely with what you're about because what um, 
uh, Colin identified was that contractors actually should be big cash generators. They don't necessarily yeah. make a lot of profit, but they, they generate cash. And it's what you do with that cash that actually can transform a business. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And his, his, uh, his, his model, uh, that he, he, he worked with was, was that, uh, the contracting business, um, generated the cash. The cash was then invested into property or property developments. And that's where you saw, saw profits come from. Um, and, and those profits uh, were sufficiently large that it enabled you to bid large uh, FM type contracts. Uh, and there, that gave you then uh, a, a much longer foresight into the future as to what income and turnover you might have. So it was a very nice close circle. Um, and, and he also used the cash that was in the uh, construction businesses actually to, to help leverage the buyout. So an understanding of business strategy and what you can do with the cash it was um, was sort of really uh, captured my excitement at that time. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I and from that, you know, that was always in the back of my mind. Um, so then I moved on to, you know, as you do, you move up. What you're on the operational side, I moved into um, managing a lot of there's uh, a lot of Tesco development work. Um, so we'd had, you know, Egan, Lath well, Latham and just about Egan at that time partnering and all that was uh, all the rage. Um, Tesco's were a real uh, taskmaster, but we learned a hell of a lot from them in terms of efficiency and how jobs should be run and managing costs and all of that sort of thing. Uh, and there was a lot of collaboration between the main contractors on developing the, the types of stores that they wanted. Um, and, and some fantastic friendships were built up out of that. And I'm, I'm still on some committees with people from other organisations from those days yeah. um, going forward. So, uh, yeah, so with the work that I was doing from them, I gained uh, my FCIO, FCIOB at that time. And uh, I decided to study, study an MBA uh, because of the interest that had come along um triggered by the the buyout i suppose um uh, that that period came to the end um it was a it was, it was some movement um you know people retiring um health issues and what have you uh, and uh, and there was an opportunity i became the area director for kent for Kier, um in 2005 so the tesco work faded away uh all all that turnover needed backfilling. Um, so as the director, I was, <laughs> you know, out there drumming, drumming up for, for business. Um, and we ended up uh, through the national frameworks, actually doing a lot of public sector work, um, building schools for the future, prisons, all sorts of things. Um, but I, 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 I really did understand the, the importance thing of networks external networks to bring in ideas and you know to um uh to move forward um and sort of things that i i did as a director I, you know i set up constructing excellence the kent club which is 10 years old now um up and running um i, I became a judge for the construction manager of the year awards did that 
on and off um, over a period of time. I think the, the most spectacular year I had for that was 2013, where um, uh, at that time they still did the categories by value. And it was the first time that they'd had sufficient entries of jobs over 100 million. And I chaired the category to judge the over 100 million. Wow, amazing. So, yeah, it was yeah. incredible. <laughs> Isn't so, it? Got, got to see, you know, behind the uh, the Olympic Stadium, the Aquatic Centre, um, a massive bank refurbishment in London, a PFI hospital up in the north, uh, and another scheme of mixed mixed development in London, which ultimately won, um, which was which was amazing. Um, uh, and then uh, off the back of uh, interviewing for Construction Manager of the Year Award, I started doing interviews for the CIOB. Uh, for the professional membership um, uh, and in fact last November um, I, I became the chair of the professional membership review panel um, so you know is another external influence so mm. as I say I was a director Kiers for 10 years 2015 um, by that time uh, Colin and another couple of CEOs had gone through and we had, there was a CEO there that was um, uh, had a different strategy let's say um, looking for doubling turnover and um, I, 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 I didn't think it was it was right for me so I actually left at that time I was able to, to leave and uh, I set up a, a management consultancy um, basically to to uh, that I was going to do was to, I was ho hoping to help small businesses with their business strategies um, um, but as it's evolved over the last six or seven years uh, there's one or two reoccurring themes have occurred which uh, I've focused on and um, the the other thing that's happened is that uh, I've, I've gravitated back to just working with construction businesses <laughs> because it is the most exciting sector uh, out there it is it is it's yeah. such a diverse um industry yeah, there, is. there is so much and you know we're always learning and it's you know it's great to have you on because of the background that you've had the range of projects you've worked on the different structures the different yeah. uh, structures of the businesses and particularly Kia has grown under your um, leadership grew and grew into new areas That's and right. you know yeah. uh, it's really led the way um, in terms of how we how we work, how we work more safely, how we look at how cash flows. Um, and that's a real interest to me, you know, and what you're saying about the generation of cash, you know, because I honestly believe that the the more cash flows, the more wealth grows. And that's yeah. for everybody. Um, we just seem to have a situation quite often where some of that cash gets blocked. You know, there isn't that cyclical nature, that moving, wanting to move it quickly. And people seem to be nervous about moving the cash in case they get something wrong or we haven't got the systems in place. Um, so really, it's around, um, get, you know, how do we give people confidence, you know, from the developer, the, the, the main contractor and through the supply chain subcontractors? How do we give them confidence uh, that, the you know, they can move the cash uh, a lot quicker because there's so many processes involved, isn't there? Yeah, the the number of processes is 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 a, is an obstacle. 
Um, but um, I think that the, the real big difference between construction and any other sector is that in the middle of it all, you've got this uh, this profession called quantity surveyors. <laughs> I've got nothing nothing against them, but because because projects don't move forward. Um, in complete sections at a time then you have to do this remeasurement process and there's always a debate about what the remeasurement is and what's in and what's not and what was in the original contract uh, so so this this bit of debate in the middle needs needs looking at to yeah. to, to help how it goes forward now one of the frameworks i worked on um that 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 was done based on uh, milestone payments all the time uh, a b at the milestone payments we broke them down to quite small small milestones um but they they worked because you say you know so long as you've got 95 percent of it achieved you never have 100 percent of anything achieved until it all comes together at the end but so long as you've got 95 percent of it achieved then then you were paid and that helped move the cash forward so setting up milestone payments for everything and, and in and in reality um the uh the residential sector works a little bit like this with the, with the card system you know the carpenters go in you know they do the skirtings and the, the door frames or whatever they get a card for a, a plot and they get paid or they should mm. get paid you know yeah. and uh, th that that moves the cash quickly because it's tangible now what happens and i'm dealing with two or three people at the moment is yes they you know the electricians or the carpenters go in they finish a plot but then unless it's all signed off there and then and you know the payments start to trigger something else happens and the work is uh, you know uh, maybe uh, uh, not messed up but you know there's a, a defect or something occurs because of the next trade that's following on and then there's a debate and then the money slows down so one of the things that i've been working on with this uh, the, the latest tool that i've developed is is capturing exactly what um has been installed and as soon as it's done record it so there's no debate yeah. um yeah. you know uh, and that's just eliminates the argument um yeah and then and then the other thing is is to look at uh, things like you know the plan to do the work everything should have gone through smoothly but something else happens so what's happened what's the cause what's the effect payment and i and i, I think in actual fact you know the, the nec contract because it it requires um notices to be given and brought to the surface quickly because you're time barred if you don't it actually starts to engender this quicker turnaround of cash yeah it yeah. really does it, it, it kind of goes along with something i've been working on and looking at for a while is is the concept of micro milestones yeah and, and that's exactly what you're 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 talking about isn't it the yeah. micro milestones and almost yeah. if we to put it kind of in <laughs> colloquial terms it's like a, a, can we do a uh, you know a good day's work for a good day's pay are we able to assess yeah. the project at the end of each each uh, day? Of day well i, I on a, on a domestic uh, or not a domestic job but on a you know a residential job i don't see why not you know <laughs> how long does it take to put the skirtings and the frames up in a in a house 
or, or paint paint it you know you're not you, you can yeah. get through the rooms quite quickly if it's broken down to that that uh, that level that granularity yeah it becomes a bit yeah. more difficult with say cabling in a hospital or <laughs> medical gases <laughs> in a hospital but yeah uh, but again you know i think it's it's possible you know with the technology yeah. we have today yeah. where you can align a, a 3d digital photo on site with the bim model yeah you know and you know where how far it's got you know yeah um, but i think uh, the, i mean bim is fantastic going forward with every object tracked in every <laughs> it, it, for every, everything time you know uh weight uh carbon everything but unfortunately, 95% of businesses in the UK are less than 10 people. And a lot of them aren't using BIM. Um, you know, they're, they're not much past um, using paper or WhatsApp and uh, trying to get some structure into what they do. The contractors is, is, uh, is a big obstacle. Yeah, that is a challenge. Yeah, yeah, definitely a challenge. And, you know, we're talking about tradesmen, you know, yeah. the carpenter putting skirting in, etc., or the plumber putting in, um, you know, pipes here, there. Um, and, you know, you know what it's like sometimes you, you need to actually show them the drawing because they'll say, well, that's not the way we normally do it, but that's what is on the drawing. <laughs> let that's alone it. BIM. Uh, yeah. So it's actually getting something that works for everybody, but achieves what the project wants, what the quality and the, you know, making sure that's what's installed is what's on the, on the drawings, but something that everybody could use, like, a, you know, you've got to have the, the, the carpenter or the bricklayer. Um, maybe he needs to use it on an app on, has to have something that he'll use on his phone yeah. um, to make it work. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the, the other example is 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 I find with the smaller businesses because especially the newer one, the the younger businesses, they're so keen to get work um, that they will sign up to people that uh, sign up to jobs uh, where the the main contractor or the client is probably not um, a, a serial procurer and mm. not experienced, or they don't bring in the right teams around them. And um, you can find the jobs can get out of out of sync very quickly, um, yeah. and, and you know for businesses to, for for any of the trades to go in, they need you know a clear run at what they're meant to be doing. And if it's not there, then you know it's a disruption cost uh, is generally incurred uh, as they work around it. And and all of these disruption costs, unless they're claimed for in some sort of way start to hit the underlying profit uh and if the underlying profit deteriorates then you've got no you've got no chance with cash you know, yeah yeah absolutely. underlying profit has got to be there to to get the cash flowing what do you think what do you think the key things we could do actually to 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 keep that moving to protect the underlying profit is there it, um, it, 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 on site it is down to site organization and pre-planning so that everything happens to a plan in the order expected um and, and it also uh, just it, it's a gut feeling really this but from experience um if you've got a regular supply chain you tend to have a number of subcontractors on the job that generally work with you and know how you work mm. and they tend to work with each other 
and what yeah. you can find is that um if you if if uh, you're under the cosh <laughs> uh and you have to go out to the wider market to get a, a lower price if you've got more than three or four subcontractors on a job that you don't regularly work with mm. it, it can very easily get out of hand yeah um yeah, so, so so understanding the supply chain and how they work and working with them regularly and introducing just one or two per you know new ones per site is is the way to go forward you know you, you want to build teams that work together regularly and this was the the great thing about uh, the tesco program you know you i i did about 40 stores um extensions and new builds and what have you and uh, there was three or four three three uh, electricians three refrigeration you know whatever uh, each of the trades were 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 named by tesco's uh as to who they would be and i could go into the meeting and i just knew the trades but the combinations of who was sat in front of me each time was different but we all worked the same way <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, it just used to motor it really yeah, it did it makes sense. I mean, it's almost like a football team. If you keep chopping and changing the defence yeah. or the attack yeah. or the players, then they're always going to be learning from scratch on each game. But if you keep yeah. the same, they eventually start to really deliver, don't they? There's That's a right. synergy that takes place, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. there's a good old business model about that, isn't there? The storming, norming, forming. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, with, with building projects, um, everyone seems to be like a storming. You start, start from scratch you've got to get some consistency with the supply chain with the client yeah works and that a thing and then yeah. uh, and then you actually get performing <laughs> yeah absolutely how, how, how do we actually get that consistency with supply chains um supply I, supply chains you, you do have to have a proper review with them um and it's got to be taken seriously um the uh the Tesco process, which I think, you know, cascaded out to many of the contractors that were working on there and then subsequently elsewhere, um, was we used to we used to have to do a score in every fortnight of our own performance. Um, so it was a self-assessment. And uh, uh, as you probably know, everybody that does a self-assessment generally underscores themselves. They always say they're doing worse than what they are. So, yeah, there's always yeah, room for yeah. improvement. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you did a self-assessment every fortnight with the project manager you were working with. And then at the end of the year, um, well, there was an intermediate one, half year, but there was also an end of year re uh, review. What they used to do was they used to anonymize all the scores and benchmark you on 10, 10 factors um and this benchmarking you could see it immediately how you compared to the other um other contractors so uh, if you would you were dipping down on snagging you know you immediately saw where you were in relation to the average uh, and if that jeopardized you staying on the supply chain or then uh, you know you started to address it so yeah. it, it, it was an education process as well um because people used to used to um it, they used to have uh, sharing knowledge days as it was called um so yeah. all all the all the contractors would go in and somebody that had got a very high score on uh, one of the benchmarks would give a presentation on 
how mm. they got that high score. Yeah. So sharing knowledge was yeah. uh, was one of the ways forwards. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. I think there's a place for maybe re looking at how co contractors and clients look at a project because I think, as you say, the the supply chain is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And maybe the answer is to have uh, the contractor be in the the um, the supply chain. Um, uh the kind of the guardian or the custodian of the supply chain the person that gathers the supply chain does builds the supply chain you know necessary uh you know they like to keep their supply chains to themselves yeah um but you know i i kind of from a qs perspective i often quite see the supply chain if i'm responsible for the budget quite often you know we employ the contractor and then the supply chains the other side of the fence or the wall yeah. and i don't really see what's going on um and it's nice to get a bit more transparency but i've kind of often toyed around with the idea of well can't we pay the contractor to bring this is part of my idea around uh, you know, cash coming from a central source, the contractor and all the hands not ca handling the cash, just issuing uh, promise to pay and the certification and the approvals, yeah. and then the cash flows to where it's got to go. Uh, we could pay the contractor a, a certain amount of money to, to, to bring his supply chain. So it's an actual a benefit to the contractor to say, look, we want to, we want to adopt uh, uh, the, this model uh, where you don't necessarily handle the cash, but no. you bring the supply chain for a fee the, to well, the project. The, yeah. I mean, what you're talking about there is almost um, uh, is almost construction management as opposed to management mm -hmm. contracting, uh, and there's a big problem with that for uh, main contractors because mm -hmm. obviously the money, the cash, is not going through their books, exactly, and therefore, and therefore you can't generate the cash. So. Um, yeah construction management where the money flows directly to the to the trade contractors yeah it is is a way around it but it doesn't the main contractor is then cut out and their turnover would decrease because they become a fee-based fee business mm. there uh, may be um an accounting exercise might get around that but then again you know that's something to look in for a, uh, a question I, for another day i think yeah but, um, i think i think you need to maybe. get an, an expert in on uh, project bank accounts they they've probably got a view on that i think the project bank accounts project well bank. worth exploring yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah and how they're working <laughs> <laughs> so peter i know you've been developing a new a new app and yeah. um it it kind of addresses some of the things we've been discussing and some of the challenges we've been discussing yeah. um so tell us a bit more about that about what what your project what, is and, what, and how that's going yeah it's it, it's going it's actually going really well now um over the last two years i've been an expert on the iconstruct panel doing quite a lot of mentoring for the for that program and a, a reoccurring theme came up with contractors um they were generally you know between say two being established for a couple of years and uh uh, uh five or six years something like that uh, and nearly all of them had had a or had an experience of a project from hell where it had gone wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes they were delivering delivering good quality work 
you know work opportunities were coming along but you know like every new business you know they 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 they'll grab whatever they can and they weren't being selective or aren't selective about who they're working for and they end up on this project from hell now as you were saying earlier they're very good tradesmen they're good at delivering what they're doing but they're not very commercial and when i started delving into the, the back end of the business i was finding all sorts of different things you know that needed addressing but one of the one of the uh, uh tipping points really is that ultimately if you're going to create this underlying profit you've got to recover all the monies that are due to you on the contract and a project from hell is where <laughs> the money is just <laughs> flowing out <laughs> all over the place so it was getting a grip of that so using my experience over <laughs> the years uh, and uh, you know several uh, adjudications and what have you um what 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 i realized was that the key document in all of this is probably the um the uh society of construction law lawyers delay and disruption protocol which you, you have you everybody refers to when you're doing a, a serious yep. claim and, and that just requires cause and effect to be um yep. uh, captured and if you've got the cause and effect then um what you can do is you can backtrack through the logic link program or create a logic link program to identify who is responsible so getting the records is really difficult and i always found it difficult even though you know in kids we get you know site diaries and meeting minutes yep. and bloody there's stacks and stacks of records but what you really want is on such and such each each week or each fortnight uh what should have been happening on the logic link program what was happening so <laughs> what we've done yep. is we've developed an app um, it's a power app, so it goes onto the Microsoft system, which most people have got. Um, Microsoft Business it goes onto that system, and it you capture each fortnight or each month, whatever, um, the plan versus actual, and we've called it PVA as a result of that plan versus actual. Is mm. the information's there to be used for discussion, if you like? um to say yes i've got a potential claim here i can i could run it through the courts if i wanted to or adjudication uh which might be sufficient to to get the money in or you can go the next step and get an expert like yourself to actually do the analysis and uh to do a formal claim so we've built this app um and it's got one or two features in it apart from the collection of the data but what we've found is, as we've introduced it to businesses that have added extra benefits for businesses and has actually helped them um, structure themselves ready to scale up. So it's very, very simple. It operates on people's phones, but just by implementing it, it the, the, the additional benefits to a business are enormous. And uh, it takes a business from being or you know a, a, a person that's working in the business delivering um their their trade or occupation it takes them from that to actually being a business person because they're beginning to wow. understand the management accounts start and to working on their business rather exactly. than in the business yeah yeah so I, um who would the app be for essentially what would be the range of uh, people that might I, benefit from it 
what we've done is it, it, it's it, we've already had um, people using it. Um, uh, so they, they've, they've generally been contractors, trade contractors uh, that have been established between two years and five years. Um, the owner has probably come off the tools. They probably haven't got a QS. Um, they have got an accountant, but the accountant doesn't do anything in regards to project accounts. They only do their financial accounts. Um, yeah. And more often than not, uh, the, the, the person has decided they need to uh, actually start working on the business <laughs> to, yeah. to coin a phase. So it sounds as if it's uh, not only uh, recording um, program via uh, actual, it, it sounds like it's a lot more than that. Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that comes out of it is when, 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 we, uh, when we speak to businesses about it, um, the first thing to do is, is are they actually um, a cat, uh, uh, identifying projects separately in the business? Mm. Now, most businesses, early stage businesses in contracting, the accountants only worried about money coming in and money going out, and they don't actually break it down to mm. um, projects. And the financial yep. accountants just not interested. So the yep. first thing that we have to do if they haven't already got it, is introduced uh, a project coding system. Um, yeah. So that that's that's the first thing, and the first button on the phone is just the projects. That's amazing, Peter. Because one of the things I talk about is the practice of robbing Peter to pay Paul in the yeah. industry, and that would uh, certainly help that um, yeah. reduce yeah. that uh, yeah. down uh, tremendously. Yeah, well, the, the, most accountants, when people go to an accountant to set your business up, a contractor, you know, they, 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 they do it for a minimal fee. The accountants do it for a minimal fee because mm. they just want the business as a startup. The people don't really appreciate what an accountant can do, or particularly a management accountant. They don't differentiate between a financial accountant and a management accountant. Mm. Uh, the financial accountant will say, oh, yes, we'll go down the route of a uh, limited company. Therefore, you can take the money out through dividends. It's low tax. You know, all this is good. But it doesn't help because you're not putting the costs into the business in the right place. You need a separate set of accounts. So the first benefit is um, is uh, setting up projects. And that's the first button on the phone. Um, the next one, the, the next thing that we do is we then say to people, right, now you've got the projects. We need to just see what contract you're on. What are the contract conditions? You know, what is the start date? What is the finishing date? What are you contracted to do? Are there LADs? Yeah. And um, when when uh, I've been looking through the contracts that quite a lot of the subcontractors have got, they, they've signed up to, uh, it's going to be this duration, and we'll give you two weeks' notice to start mm. full stop yeah uh, uh lad's a tba well you know <laughs> <laughs> but this is going yeah. on and it's yeah and i'm surprised at the size of businesses that are actually issuing contracts like this to subcontractors 
Absolutely. It's interesting because I was on the podcast with um, Yosef Ewan, uh, right. who has a coaching business and coaches uh, specialist subcontractors uh, around accepting or not accepting yeah. uh, contracts and developing their own terms and conditions. Yeah. And the stories he gave me, the, the contracts that were issued to specialists that are almost unworkable. And, yeah. and quite often... Um, they they weren't signed or even the wording no. wasn't given to the subby till he turned up on site and no. then it's put in front of him you need to sign that that's right <laughs> so so that you know uh, the, as part of the app once we've got the projects all i ask for them is to put in the start date the finish date and whether there's lads mm. but we start to get a structure yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and it starts starts people questioning what what they're they're actually signing up to and if yeah. they have already signed up to things then you know i've got you know like everybody has you've got tricks of how you can then start setting the ball rolling of to establish well what's going on um uh so so you can do that um the next one is variations you know something's happened on the site you can't work over here because so and so hasn't finished <laughs> go and work over here so we just do a confirmation of instruction you know, yeah. and the app allows the confirmation of instructions to be there, put in place. These build up the picture, and then the, uh, uh, the there's another one for um, the handovers. So for like mm. contractors, when they finish the skirtings or the doors or whatever, they just take a picture, and it just fires out an email to you know the relevant parties to in each case for the CRIs or the handover reports. And then the final one is the plan versus actual. So it's very, very simple. Then once you've got those records in place, you can mm. start start to build a business uh, and scale it because the information's collected on the phones. It goes back into the uh, into the office, comes straight up on the screen. Obviously, all tabulated in the correct order, and you can start to do monthly reviews. You know, is this job actually going to achieve that date? If not. Mm. Are we going to do this? What is the action? Have we actually claimed for this CFI? Why is this one disputed? All the questions that, you know, uh, somebody in my old position would ask. Uh, but yeah. I'm now getting the contractors to, to, to ask that of themselves. And the final, the final benefit, which I hadn't really appreciated until I think it was the third or the fourth company we rolled it out to, was that... Um, uh, Many businesses, when they start out, have, uh, start out with sort of like Gmail accounts, and maybe they've got uh, Microsoft uh, 365, a personal account, and they're not using business, they haven't got control of the emails, uh, they might be using a bit of Dropbox. The whole security um, and GDPR and control of their data, uh, IT-wise, is an issue so before yeah, we very important yeah mm. so before we put the app onto their system we obviously have to review what what their it how their it set up and i've got another business partner who will go in and you know do the migration so that they're on a clean microsoft for business um and yeah. can set up the emails and then as people come and go it's easy to keep control of the email addresses um, I think that's fascinating, yeah. you know, and it's more, much, much more than just a construction app. It's a business building app because I know is, your background yeah. is not only construction and, you know, it. I know that you're a business coach as well and it kind of brings all that together. And I like the idea of, of reviewing the processes, 
you know, to scale a business. Of course, if you're bringing on employees, um, you don't want to have a bit of software over here, a bit of software no. over there. You want their, the SOPs to be nice and simple that you you know they're, they're everything's in one place yeah. everything's linked up everything talks to each other and then you can give the job description everyone knows what they're doing the software is straightforward so you're not because i i do see in lots of businesses where they're they're they're, they're saying now we're using this crm over here and we're using that program over there and we're you know and and they're that, putting that, this one down to pick this one up you know yeah, that, that, I, I think um, there is a place for that because uh, uh, businesses go at different different speeds at different stages. So when the marketing people are out there, they might talk to 100 people, um, you know, yeah. and, and that whittles down to eventually uh, uh, getting on a tender tender list of say four or six mm. whatever uh, mm. and eventually you end up with one job so so there's a lot of work goes in before a, a project actually um, comes to fruition now all of that data that goes around with those hundred leads that you might have looked at doesn't is of no interest to anybody on site so if you've got a CRN system that's totally detached from the rest of the system I don't don't believe that that's a problem because there's so mm. much noise in there what you're yeah. interested in is when it becomes a tender and therefore yeah. you know you move it from general noise to a tender and then you you, you use the bespoke uh, estimating software um to do the tender properly because the best best tool for the job is a bit of estimating software for estimating yeah sure um yeah. so so you you use what's appropriate the best planning tool you know and that sort of thing there are tools out there that try and do everything from end to end um mm. but they're not actually really good at everything because nothing's really yeah. good at everything unless it's properly developed for it um yeah. and then you move on to site and then there's you know there are tools out there like field view and things like that that capture all sorts of records do the site diaries do the health and safety but for small businesses they actually buy in the health and safety probably and and the the you know the, the person that's doing the health and safety will have their own app so that comes with that so you use the specialist bit of software what pva does is it's just a little bit of glue in the middle but mm -hmm that uh, doesn't have to talk to it it's all done you know it's, it's a verbal uh, it's a verbal uh, uh, review um, and you sit there and you just go through it and discuss it um, and yeah. surface what needs to be done but it's the little bit of glue in the middle after you know uh, a couple of years of using it a business business owner can start say well actually i need this record or i need this bit more information and then mm. they might start to introduce more sophisticated bits of software for the various various elements yeah. of the business but i like i like the sound that it's simple yeah. to get to get people to use it, it needs to be simple but it addresses the fundamentals the fundamentals that are not being done that are causing the problems with the cash flow causing the problems yeah. with the profit and yeah. businesses are going out of business because they probably haven't got anything simple that they can relate to just to to make sure those fundamental things are done no that's right and that was one of the reasons we went for power app because the guys on site just use it on their phone yeah, you know, they, they yeah. Don't, don't need anything separate. It's a tool that they're used to working with or have around. Everybody's got one these days.
um, and, and hopefully we move move people off of um, using things like WhatsApp that are totally unstructured to yeah. that's structured that ties in with the contract. Yeah. How could people find out more about you, this the, the app and yeah. um, you know? Yeah. Um, we've set we've set up a website. Um, I'll give you the, the uh, whatever they call it is the www.pvatracker.co.uk. Um, PVA standing for plan versus actual, but we hope it also sticks in your mind. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's short. So yeah, PVA Tracker is a very concise web page, and people can book a demonstration um, just by going to that yeah and what i'll do is uh i'll put the link also on the podcast so if people listen when they listen to the podcast they can uh they can click the link and then go through to the uh to to the app and book a book a demo yeah yeah the book a demo and my my um hannah my virtual pa we just agree a time um we do it over zoom uh because the bane of our lives is that you know the contractor hasn't kept the records and then we're spending all our time this paying us a fortune for spending a lot of time trying to pick out what actually happened but if it's already there it's for us it's 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 heaven you know we will you know as you quite often say it's records 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 and that's right also keeping not just records but the right records at the right time yeah and it makes the whole journey a lot and you know as well as i've I, I do, you know, if you've been on an adjudi- a, a complex adjudication and we're trying to work out cause and effect of something that happened six months ago and the records are not really there, yeah. then the barristers are rubbing their hands that's together because right. that's those grey areas are where the lawyers like to play. They love yeah. that. And, yeah. um, well, I, I was explaining yeah. it to a, a construction lawyer the other day at a networking event. And he said, I mean, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's uh, people yeah. people that have been in the situation or you know anybody that's unfortunately currently got a job from hell and is possibly about to go into the situation where they're engaging claims consultants and qs's and claims lawyers then yeah it it, it would be absolutely a, a dream for them to have this information yeah. in this format so if you're listening and you want to avoid the job from hell then you know sign up to the app or at least go to the website and get a demo Uh, it could save you a lot of heartache and um, help you scale your business and save you um save the business failing on the basis of of uh the job from hell or or keeping the right records that's right the profit just you know flowing away really yeah what tips quick three tips would you give a contractor or a subcontractor <laughs> in terms of uh, avoiding avoiding the um the job from hell the, the three tips first one is, is 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 review who the client is um you know try and find out who who they are um the next one is plan the work make sure you know what you're signing up to and then the third one, um, unfortunately, this one is three things, but it's records, records, records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they've got to be relevant, they've got to be timely, and they've got to be accurate. Um, Perfect. I mean, uh, I, the, the Irish lawyer that uh, is famed for 
for the quote records 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 has uh, given us a great quote there for everybody absolutely yeah and it's so spot on so yeah. thank you for that peter now have you got time for a quick fire round yes motivational yes. Yeah. around yeah. you and your, your day and what you do and uh, so here we go i'm going to fire these off for you so the first one um how do you start your day as slowly as possible these days <laughs> <laughs> i like that one yeah most get up and run around the block five times and um, no, i like no. that one that suits me yeah <laughs> when are you when are you most productive probably in the morning between nine and twelve i would say morning. yeah what's something new happening in your life right now um at the moment i'm planning my series of holidays for the year um and it's there's probably actually really a distraction for not doing the garden project that i'm supposed to be working on <laughs> right, right. So, so what does what does adventure look like for you yeah, definitely traveling and, and, and yeah. going to new places i love traveling yeah yeah what what would you love to do that might surprise your friends and family um I think maybe rather bizarrely, possibly do a, a degree in computing or law or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> or economics. I don't. Know. Oh, you've let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, now. yeah. yeah I, I think, nice I, I think, one. I think my wife might kill me if she thought I was going <laughs> to do some studying like that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, name a challenge uh, you overcame that possibly changed your life. It's a tricky one. There's a lot of lot of challenges have occurred, but there, there was there's a, there is one instance where um, we were actually on a trekking holiday, um, going to base camp at Everest, and we were I think we were just one level below where that uh, the hospital is that brings people down from base camp, and there was a person in the group that was ill, um, suffering from bad very bad food poisoning or something and you've got the altitude sickness and everything and i can remember we were walking across this uh, the lower part of the glacier and i was thinking it, it doesn't matter how much money you've got in your pocket here this is life or death and uh, yeah just keeping going and this poor woman that was ill was struggling along um seeing seeing how she was getting along it was that was a real challenge that day mentally on on the on the mountain <laughs> Amazing. and it brings yeah. home the what what's important in life it's yeah it's health yeah. health is incredibly important you know you see yeah. people in business you know one or two people go off you know they're ill because of whatever and yeah. everything changes you, you, you've got to look after your health you have and yeah. it is is so important and in business and and i think we're a community aren't we at the end of the day yeah. you know whether yeah. we're construction or whatever business we're in a community and it gets stressful and it gets heated and there's some ups and downs but at the end of the day we're all human beings yeah. um so yeah. you know it's all about being uh, kinder to each other if we possibly can definitely uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so what inspires and motivates you that, that's actually changed over the years you know, initially mm -hmm. it was I, I was quite inspired by Isambard Kingdom Brunel as an engineer 
and then uh, you know his business sort of moved on i thought john harvey jones was quite a good character to to, to read about at the moment um it, it's it's a, a japanese philosophy called ikigai i don't know if you come across it i haven't no no so there's a very good book on it by a woman called beth uh, kempton and uh, what you do is you take your values the things you like to do and the things that you're good at and you try and find what overlaps in the middle and uh, ah, that sounds this, interesting yeah this japanese philosophy is um it, the japanese use it for for living a long life and where mm. they fully adopted this people live into 120 130 um yeah it's, wow. it's absolutely amazing very yeah. very interesting peter what was the name of the book again just so it, that we can it's ikigai it's spelled i-k-i g-a-i um and it's by a lady called beth kempton and it, it's all about the reason for you know your reason for being having purpose it's amazing uh, yeah and it does it i've found it obviously changes over the years you know i'm, I'm mm. very much in this sort of giving backstage at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah that no, sounds amazing uh, and yeah. you know what you've inspired me to do on the quick fire round and and i think uh, um some one of my other guests came up with uh, on this question about a book and i may include i think that's really good what book are you reading now what's inspiring yeah. you i think that's a really really good one because uh, it's something we can all go away and have a look at yeah yeah no that's yeah. fantastic thank you yeah. for that yeah. yeah so what does success mean to you i, I think finding my icky guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice one. Yeah. And one final, one final question, Peter. What advice would you give your young self? That's simple. You get a twelve-digit password that you can remember that's got hashtags and God knows what in it. <laughs> <laughs> like it. i like that i'm sure there's a lot of us um, and oh. all our listeners can relate to that one yeah Definitely. yeah yeah well thank you peter thank you for coming on it's been amazing and there's so many golden nuggets there and good luck with the product i think it's yeah. amazing i think it's something that the industry really needs and i know you've spent a lot of time developing it yeah. i'll put the link below wish you well peter thank you so much for coming on Stuart, it's been a pleasure You've been listening to Construction Cashflow. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so, so you never miss an episode. And remember, the faster cash flows, the faster wealth grows.